What's up, everyone? This is Chris. And instead of putting an ad in front of every episode, I wanted to say this instead. I want to say thank you for listening to the podcast, even just clicking on it. It does mean a lot to me. And if I could ask of one thing, maybe two things of you, (laughs) is that if you could leave a review on whatever platform you're on about the podcast, leave an honest review. Let me know what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong, and what things I could improve on. What you like about the podcast, because of right now, I have no idea. I'm just doing it to hopefully inspire other people, but I have no idea. So if you could leave me a review, let me know, message me on, on DM me or whatever on Instagram. Let me know, please, how I'm doing. Uh, but yeah, leave a review. And if you find any value from this podcast, share it, please. Because I know there's somebody out there that needs to hear somebody's story. So... I just want to say thank you again, and go ahead. Take it away, Chris. What's going on, everybody? This is Chris. You're listening to another episode of the Inspiration Station. This is a podcast where we talk to normal, everyday people just like you and me who are doing what they love, accomplishing their goals, or in the process of doing so. Today, we are talking to Haley. She is an energy healer, a spiritual, intuitive, and a business guru. She is also the creator of of the healing intuitive designed to help teach others how to do energy healing. She's a single mama, a business owner, and the best partner I could ever ask for. Yes. <laughs> yes, Haley is my partner and not just because of that I wanted her to have the I wanted to have you on the podcast, not just because you're my partner, but because when you told me your story and everything that you went through and I am I don't want to say I really, I really enjoy people's stories, so that's pretty much why I wanted to do the whole podcasting thing. And so your story is very impactful and super inspirational, and it's still going. Yeah. Uh, she's like, I hope. That's probably <laughs> the nicest thing you've ever said to me. And this is being recorded, right? Yes, it's, it's recorded live here in the studio in this hotel room. Beautiful. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Haley, for uh, being on the podcast. I really Thanks appreciate for it. Thanks inviting me. Um, so Haley, tell us a little bit about you before we go ahead and dive deep into your story. Okay. So I am the funniest person in the world. Okay. Well, already we're starting off really bad because I'm funnier than her. So, uh, but we'll go ahead and let that slide because you're the guest. So go ahead. So she's presumably kind of funny. Keep going. Very funny. Um, so a little (laughs) bit about me. So I am... 32 and I actually just quit my job just the other day which is a very important thing to notate yes and we will get into all this too later on the podcast yes um I'm a single mom to a 10 year old boy his name's Carter and I live in Springville I love not just love but I'm obsessed with horses just I love them they're like my favorite thing (laughs) I love my I like to play video games, which is, like, really odd for somebody like me to say, for sure. I love to read. I love to dance when I get a little bit of spirits in me and sometimes when without. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, I'm just, like, a true. really super down-to-earth. I'm, like, a bra girl. <laughs> a bra girl. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like a bro? Yeah. But, like, but like a girl, you're a girl. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, like I'm it's cool to hang out with. yeah. You are very, very cool to hang out with. I, there's a lot of fun times, a lot of inside jokes that we have, and uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot to say, but uh, we'll uncover the story of it's like an of onion. us. Yeah, yeah, of uh, of this whole of her whole story, and maybe our, a little bit of our story. And but yeah, 
Okay, let's get into the nitty-gritty because I know there's a bunch of nice and cool stuff. And actually, if you have not followed Haley on her page, uh, do you want to share your, your Instagram handle or your Facebook page? Yeah, it's just under Haley Marie Calderwood, which is super long, but I'm sure he's going to spell it for you. Mm. Um, that's that's what everything is under. You can also find me at lolifeutah.com, which is my website and has all the good stuff on it, including links to all of my socials. Yeah, so I will add that too to the show notes if you guys uh, want to check that out. It'll be cl- clickable, so make sure you click that link to follow her. All right, so let's start. Let's go. Let's do this. Um, I want to have you on the podcast for a really long time now. I think I told you. Over a year. Yeah, huh? I th- yeah, but I mean, don't feel bad because I do. I did ask people like a long time ago. I wanted them on the podcast, and then I like finally got around to it. So oh, I, I get mean, it. oh, I get so it. Don't worry, okay. I know my priority. Oh, where I am at. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's start with your childhood. Where were you born? So I was born in Las Vegas, but we moved a ton. So I wouldn't say that that's like my home, but I was born in Vegas. Then we moved to Brigham City, Utah, for a while. Then we mm-hmm. moved to Montrose, Colorado, back to Las Vegas. Why'd you move so much? You know, my um, dad, he worked for the government, and he worked in a lot of power plant situations, and so we left and uh, just moved a lot because of his job, his government job. And, yeah, it was a lot of moving. I went to probably four or five different elementary schools. I've gone to two different junior highs. I've gone to two different high schools. It was a lot of moving. Dang. And so did you like it? I would say um, I was really young for a lot of them, and mm. so I didn't notice that we had started moving so much until I was a junior in high school, and then they moved me when I was a junior in high school, and that's when I was not okay with it. That was when I was yeah. like, I'm going to rebel. You guys aren't going to move me. <laughs> I was pissed. <laughs> Do you think that that affected you a lot? Yeah, I think so, for sure. I had um, I had a little romantic person don't worry honey you're the one for me now (laughs) but I I had a boyfriend when I lived in Virginia and we dated for you know two years and also you know I grew up with a lot of those kids we were I I was there from sixth grade all the way to 11th grade so all my friends were in Virginia I was on the basketball team I played softball and so it was really really difficult to move to a super small close-minded town Mm when my high school was you know like 5a yeah you know it's really big um yeah so it was different it was really difficult to move completely different cultures because i was from the east coast Mm. and moved all the way to the west coast and it's very different yeah no more jackets (laughs) no more snakes (laughs) okay so from your childhood you moved around a lot and going into your like a teenage adult years like you're you said you're like rebelling and everything like that yeah and later actually what I can mean, you tell us a story yeah. of uh, you rebelling <laughs> yeah but before i think before we get into the rebellious phase what's important to know is that from you know 6th to 11th grade i was very very heavy you know into religion i grew up lds all my friends were lds where i came from so you know, we didn't drink, didn't didn't smoke, didn't party, but we had a lot of fun. Um, when I moved to Fallon, Nevada, a really small town in Nevada, <laughs> that's when 
I, I got there, and this is kind of important to note, but I got there and I immediately wanted to gravitate towards the LDS kids. Because I'm like, okay, we, we have the same standards and we like the same things, but actually when I got there, most of the LDS kids were freaking mean to me. They would call me like stuck up bitch Halsey because my license plate said Halsey on it. Oh my God. And uh, they, were, they were freaking mean. And so I actually stopped hanging out with LDS kids altogether. And I, I was scared because I'm not very good at making new friends or then anyways I wasn't. So when I first got to my high school, I just started hanging out with anybody who was nice to me because it was better than, you know, eating lunch alone, which I was familiar with at the time. And that's when I started rebelling because I hated it so much. I had a hard time finding friends in this new town. It's my senior year of high school. I'm supposed to be with all my old friends. I miss like the boyfriend that I was dating and, um, yeah, it was really hard. And so the group of kids that I started hanging out with were partiers. They drank, they smoked, and I held off for a while. But then, you know, when you hang out with people who are doing those things, you tend to start doing those things. So I did, and I pretty much remember being drunk almost every single weekend in high school, like my senior year. Dang, that's wild. I went to school drunk. I came home drunk. My parents, I, I don't even know what my parents were doing. Like, I think that they knew... But they didn't want to know. Yeah. It was better not Isn't that weird? Like, now, when I look back, like, there's stuff that I did in high school going to parties. And it's like, I don't even remember what I told my parents where I was going or what I was doing. And and I think a lot of us do that. You know, like, oh, I'm going to go to this person's house. And then you do, but then you don't tell them what's happening at that house. Like, yeah, there's going to be a huge Mm -hmm. bonfire in the living room or whatever, you know. Right? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I did so many things. And... Um, I think that was a really hard time for me, too, because I wasn't able to find friends. And so a lot of my self-worth was wrapped into not being able to find friends. And so I started making friends with lots of guys. And I (laughs) slept with the whole baseball team pretty much to find, (laughs) you know, to find my worth and to find, you know, love because I was so desperate to be loved. And I just freaking spiraled out of control. I didn't even know who I was when I looked in the mirror and my friends were... You know, not really good influences. Yeah, it happens. You know, it's yeah. Yeah, we were. I think. Yeah, we all have that same story, but like told differently. You right. Know? Yeah. For so sure. So it's it's kind of crazy, but it's cool. Everyone slept like, with the baseball team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, cheerleading team maybe. <laughs> I mean, they were very nice. I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, but that that's crazy. Like I could just like hearing Haley's story. You, you'll see what, why I wanted to have Haley on the podcast. Like seeing her now is just a complete 180 and it's just crazy to me you know and i think i said that too on i think every episode but like mostly with derek too because derek is uh you know derek derek is uh yeah. is the one that the uh bestie. yeah derek is the one that introduced me to Haley. and same with derek's story his he was a complete different person and how he describes himself i just can't see it and even now with Haley, i'm like you're such a liar i cannot see any of those qualities in you and so it's just weird but um all right so after ch- uh not childhood uh out of high school going into the adult world and this adult life yeah. what did you end up doing so during my party phase there was like a really there was one defining moment that really stuck out to me so my 
sister Heidi was in town and she had a very similar past to me. And so I remember I came home drunk one day or one night and I was stumbling up the stairs. And I remember her just coming into my bedroom and she just like walked in and she's like, what are you doing? Like for real, what are you doing right now? You're just, are you going to throw your life down the toilet? And she, she just sat there and I don't know the things that she said just really stuck out to me. And so what I did after that was I, I was halfway through my senior year. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to graduate early. So I went to the school and I said, Hey, I need to graduate early. It's not a good situation. I need to get out. And so I started going to class on Saturdays so I could graduate early and leave. And so I ended up leaving, you know, three months Mm -hmm. early and I, went to Utah because that's where my sister lived and she when I pulled up there she was like okay we're gonna like go through your car and she opened like one of my seats and I had just like alcohol stashed under my seats and she's (laughs) like what are you doing where'd you even get this from you're not even 21 so we cleaned out my car and she I think if it wasn't for her like intervening I don't know if I would have actually went to Utah and that's crazy just one moment huh yeah just one moment stumbling into your house yeah so I left and I was like okay I'm never gonna drink again I'm not gonna I don't want that life anymore I want to I want to change and so I moved to Utah but obviously I didn't know what I was doing like I didn't have a whole lot of direction I was very secretive about who I was so wasn't exactly honest with my parents um so I came to Utah and literally I would say a couple months later after moving to Utah, I met my ex-husband. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So when you met your ex-husband, I don't know if I should say his name or not. I don't know. But um, he's actually a very cool guy. I like him. He's a good time. Yeah. He's, and um, when you met him, were you, st- were you like trying – were you still – trying to go back to LDS yeah or were you because now you found your found your way or whatever you say and it wasn't the LDS way so I'm like I'm gonna go see the bishop and I'm gonna repent and I'm gonna you know change all my evil ways and hopefully find forgiveness for sleeping around and drinking you know Mm -hmm. and I had a lot of guilt and shame and so I met my ex-husband and he at the time was like how do they say, not like Molly Mormon, but it's like the... Bible thumpers. He was like the boy version of a Molly Mormon, like really stuck to the LDS religion. He was getting ready to go on a mission at the time when I met him. And so we, we started dating and he would tell me, he's like, yeah, I'm going on a mission. You know, you'll, mm-hmm. you can wait for me. And right off the bat, that relationship was just very toxic from the very beginning for both of us. We were, you know, young, not very nice to each other, really mean. And lots of codependency developed for both of us. And I actually actually ended up taking his virginity, which I still to this day feel bad about. But um, lots of, like, guilt and shame with us of going back and forth of, like, yeah, he needs to go on a mission, but... We can't stop, like, sleeping together or we're just not good people. And it was just, just bad. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it, you know? Okay, all right. Two kids Um, together who feel guilty about it, which creates secrecy, deception, all that good stuff. Sounds like 80% of the relationships, like, in the U.S. Yeah, so if you're listening and that's you. (laughs) Get out! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right, so, but this is actually a huge part of your story. Like, 
um, being married, mm-hmm. you know? And so with this, like, I don't want to, like, um, say anything bad, but what what led up to the divorce? Like, I guess not what happened, but yeah. what what happened? Yeah, so we got married and we were young, you know, in our 20s, early 20s. I think 2021, I can't remember. How long were you married for? Um, All together, like two or three years. All together, what do you mean? Because we got married twice. <laughs> so we oh. got divorced once. <laughs> and then we the were first like, one, just kidding. We were like, let's go again. Let's <laughs> see if it's like toxic this time. So we got married twice. And uh, yeah, that's so all together, it was like two, three years. Okay, so two, three years. Yeah. And then uh, the last time or the final time, you know, like that was it. Like that was... That was it. I was done, yeah. And so you're like, okay, I'm going to ride this horse. I was done with the marriage, that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, so... I'm, well, I I'm think trying... there's like pre-part to that. So okay. there's parts leading up to it. So we got married and um, this will be the first time that I probably admit publicly some of the things that I did in my marriage, but... I was very, very young, very stubborn, very headstrong, and I spoke my mind. I, there, was not, there was no subtlety. If I had an opinion about you, if I thought you were being an asshole or not, like, I called it out. So it was never like a, hey, honey, would you mind, like, maybe not leaving your dishes on the, you know, like, in the Counter. living room? Yeah, it was more like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, do you have half a brain? Why are you leaving your shit in the, like, are you stupid? Oh, yo, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Oh, my. I don't. Yeah, I do not allow that. Was that was me. I for, was, well, for me. For me, I don't, I don't well, accept that. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. So, but. And there's still people that say those kinds of things. They do. And it's like, what the? F- I would never talk to you or to anybody like that. Yeah, like, it's interesting. I'm like, oh, I was cool. But, <laughs> you know, my ex-husband and I, like, that's how we spoke to each other, right? Lots of name calling, lots of. Lots of degrading things, you know, not owning up our part, constantly blaming. And anyway, so I, six months into the marriage, he told me, he was like, um, I don't think I'm in love with you anymore. Like, what do you mean you're not in love with me? Like, we're married. I don't know what to tell you. So I actually ended up getting pregnant with our son, Carter. And I told him, I'm like, well, we, I'm pregnant. So we have to stay together because that's what our religion says is like it's not okay to get divorced so yeah you know i was like we're making this work i'm gonna force it i don't care if we have to be miserable we're gonna stick wow. this out right well anyways after my son was born i found out that my ex-husband was seeing somebody else and it really really blindsided me so the first time that my or anyways my son got out of the hospital and my ex-husband kicked me out of the house and I didn't know at the time he was seeing somebody but he kicked me out of the house and he just said you're you're out you gotta go you're just take the baby and go and I'm like where do you want me to go you know mm-hmm. so my parents lived in Nevada still and we were in Utah so a week after my son was born I, I packed up my car with as much as I could carry and my car was this old Dodge Stratus really ghetto I didn't even know if I was gonna make it you just to went. Nevada I, I didn't have a choice he wouldn't let me stay so I just showed up on my parents' doorstep with what my baby. What time did you leave? Baby. It, I, I left at probably, I left at like 4 or 5 at night because I wow. wanted Carter to sleep through the night. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. yeah, so 
the whole time I was driving, I just remember praying. I'm like, please, God, don't let my son wake up. Please, God. But they're one week old. Yeah. So you know they're going to wake up. But my son slept the whole time we were in the car. The whole time in the car. Didn't wake up. And I just remember getting to my parents' house and just having a major breakdown, just bawling. I'm like, he slept the whole time. I don't even know how he slept. I don't know. I'm like, you know, crazy. So, um, so yeah, I get to Nevada and I have my newborn son. My husband is off in Utah. And this is kind of where the breakdown started to happen. The, the whole not knowing what's going on, postpartum depression. Um, I gained about 50 pounds having my son so a lot of body concerns as women would have having a baby and then about a month later that's when I found out my husband was seeing somebody else and I lost my shit dude I lost it <laughs> did you find it <laughs> I, did. I did eventually find it but years later so yeah. <laughs> I found out he was seeing somebody so I ended up you know leaving for that moment like oh it's over but we kept going back and forth yeah and we ended up when my son was about, I'd say like six months old, we ended up moving in together again in Utah. Just couldn't give up, huh? Yeah, I'm not a quitter. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we moved to Utah, and I remember he wasn't working, and I was working overnight at Walmart. And so the, I, the whole plan was that he would go to school, except he never enrolled in school. So I would go to Walmart, and I'd work all night long. And then I would come home, and I had my baby. Mm-hmm. And he would leave during the day. And he'd be like, okay, bye. And I'm like, I haven't slept. So for about a month straight, I hadn't slept. So by the third week on that month, I told him, I said, listen, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm sick. I was so sick, like, physically from yeah. not sleeping. And he would leave. And I'm like, where do you go every day? Well, he was going to go. He was going to go see the girl that he was with. But I didn't. I, you know, was trying not to. I wanted to be blissfully unaware that he was doing that, but I kind of figured he was. So he would tell me, you know, I'm just going to go clear my head. I'm like, okay. Well, I need you here. Can you take the baby with you to clear your head? Like, I'm sick. <laughs> so I remember I told him one day, um, I just told him, I said, if you leave, I will not be here when you come back. He's like, yeah, whatever, bitch. Like, shut the fuck up. I'm leaving, right? So he left. And when he was gone, I packed up everything I could carry in my truck again in the car. I called my brother-in-law. He drove all the way from Colorado. We loaded up the car and when we got home, we let there was just a mattress left in the house. Jason came home. Oh, hi Jason. <laughs> he freaked out, you know. He called me and he's like, "If you don't get your ass home, I'm going to come to your sister's house and I'm going to drag you out of there by your hair with a gun to your head because you're not taking my son from me." And that was uh the first divorce, basically, because I divorced him. <laughs> Dang. And it was really lonely. I moved in with my sister. I didn't have anybody. My parents were gone. And I was just raising this baby by myself. I turned all my social media off, blocked Jason. He wasn't even in the picture at the time. And I was a hot mess just by myself with this baby. Like, don't know what, the, don't know what to do with it. Just a baby. Yeah. So... Um, and then after that, I moved, my parents actually moved back to Utah, so I moved with my parents to Utah, 
and Jason still lived in Utah, and so we were like, should we go round two? We were divorced, but we're like, should we do it again? Or go and get married again? Yeah, so oh, yeah. we got married again. So he left the girl he was with, and we got married, and we were married for, I think we like made it six months before I found out that he was still talking to the same girl, and that was my, that was my hard rule, as I said, listen, I will, um, I'll be patient with you, I'll put you through school. Like, I basically offered him my whole entire soul, basically. And I was like, the only condition I have is that if you talk to her at all, and I mean even talk to her, even say hi to her, anything at all, I'm gone. And so I found out that he was emailing her because we were sharing a phone at the time. So he was emailing her, and I packed my stuff and moved out again. That was the second time we got divorced. And that's wild stuff. And then that's when things really spiraled out of control for me because he moved back in with the other girl and we lived in the same town. And so we all lived in American Fork, Utah. And it was awkward because here I was, you know, sharing one bedroom with my son and my husband was building a life with this woman and her two kids. And I'm like, like, what? Why wasn't I good enough? Why... You know, why didn't he want me? And what does she have that I don't have? And that's when I really started to kind of like self-abuse myself in a way, right? So I went on a very strict, crazy diet, lost a ton of weight to try to get him back. Like everything that I did was with the intention to get him back. And so I did that. And then I wasn't working at the time. So I was like, I'm going to go and get a job at eBay because they were hiring, they had they had benefits, so I started as a customer service rep, and my whole goal was just to make more money than the girl that he was dating. So I wanted to be skinnier, prettier, make the most money, appear successful, and so I started to build this personality and this wall and this creation, this creature of a girl who wasn't even real. She didn't match who I was, but I just wanted to be what I thought that my ex-husband would want. Everything I did was for him. Um, But it was good because it started us off on, you know, the rest of my life. Yes. So then you did all that stuff. So the first divorce happened. And did you have Carter's first divorce? No. Yeah, I had Carter the whole time. Okay, so first yeah. divorce, had Carter, um, stuff happened, got divorced, whatever, and then you got married again. Yeah. And it was, was the second time better? No. No? No, the second time wasn't better. And it was when... We were broken, uh, yeah. Okay, so that's when, you, with the email, that's when that happened. Yeah, and there right? wasn't even an incident where I... Was you, yelling at him, and he like shoved me down one of these days, and I got up and like, don't ever touch yeah. me again. Just not good stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of crazy stuff, you know. Yeah. I think I've done some stuff like that 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 I'm not proud at all. Like it's. And like, Jason's not even the same person anymore. Like we tell these stories now, and we kind of laugh about it. Like who the hell? Like a bunch of young, immature, dumb kids. Yeah, like yeah. When I see him now, he's always like with with Carter now all the time. Because when we were first dating. He wasn't, yeah. you know, at first. And then, like, I don't know what happened. I don't know when either. Like, he started. Now going, he's with him all the time. Like, we're yeah, honestly, 50-50. Yeah, and it's on. It's, it's really cool, you know, see his pictures on Instagram. And they're doing cool stuff. And yeah. it's like, 
dang, where's the invite? You know, you know what I mean? Right. But <laughs> oh no, he has invited us to go on yeah, his boat. Like, so on your boat? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, but yeah, that he's a uh, you know just like Haley, Jason, one hundred percent. I, from what I see, yeah. So I mean, everything we we've all done things that we're just like maybe not proud of, or sometimes we just learn from, and it's cool, you yeah. know. And it's just life, you know. It's just a learning experience, learning experiences that just build you. So back to Haley. Back turn the spotlight spotlight on Haley. <laughs> so okay, so you get divorced for the second time, right? And then. What happens after that? So you're you're broken, you're yeah. hurt. Depression medication, just everything. And I didn't really know what to do. And so the only thing that I could think to do was, like I said, become a really successful person. So you wanted to become a person who you thought your ex-husband might want. Yeah, you know, and so he... Even to this day, like, Jason, fi- like, finances are really, really important to him. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to become wealthy. I'm going to, you know, I I was like, I'm going to be the CEO of the companies. I'm going to, you know, move up. But I had no no previous job experience, right? Like, it's not like I had schooling. I, I have a graphic design degree, but what am I going to do? Like, design my way to the CEO? Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're a logo, you know? <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, so I started working at eBay, and that's kind of when my whole life shifted and when I learned about um, becoming a leader, actually. And I just started there. I had no intentions of moving up. I just was there for the health insurance because, by law, I had to have insurance on Carter, and it was just like, oh, okay, that's it. So I started there part-time, but um, when I was at eBay, they they did a competition, a selling competition. And they're like, hey, if you guys sell things online and the person who sells the most, they're gonna win a free iPad. And I'm like, shit, I could sell that iPad and I need money, I'm desperate. Like in scarcity, I have no money. Um, And so I did it and I won and then I realized I was like, I'm actually pretty good at this kind of stuff. And that's when I realized, you know, they have uh, team leaders there which if you're in the customer service world you know that like most team are ran, teams are ran by a team but then they also had a behavioral coach on each team and I realized I'm like you know that seems kind of cool coaching seems cool that's it that's how you were just like it seems that's cool, cool. that's that's yeah. nice that's it yeah it seemed <laughs> cool and so I pulled my supervisor aside I'm like hey um this seems cool I said yeah it seems cool I'd love to be a leader or here at eBay like I want to move up and she said to me, she said, Haley, I'm going to be honest with you. She said, you're never going to be a leader. Because number one, you have RBF, resting bitch face. You don't get along with people. You can't play nice on a team. You're too abrasive. Like she basically told me that I don't have the personality for leadership. And she was very blunt with me. And I left that office thinking like, okay, bitch, like whatever. I don't want to be a leader anyways. But, <laughs> but then... <laughs> But then it just, something triggered in me. I don't know what it was or or why it was the way it is, but it it just triggered me. And I was like, you know what? I'm so tired of people telling me that I can't do things, that I can't buy a house, that I can't have a job, that I can't be successful, that I'm never going to lose weight because I have a short, muscly body. I'm like, you know, I'm so sick of it. And so I set a goal and I'm like, screw that girl. Like she doesn't know shit about me. 
And so I did everything that I needed to do to promote, and I mean everything, like meeting with every manager I could find, networking, I would stay after work and do all these career projects. Um, and I ended up promoting to a behavior coach within six months after we had that conversation, which actually is unheard of. That's a very short time period for somebody to say, I want to be a leader and then to get promoted. So it was kind of a big deal. So I get promoted. I become a coach. I'm like, yeah, I'm there. I'm like so cool. But then I started to realize, you know, the training that was behind it about how they were teaching us about different personalities and how these personalities come together. And I got like nerdy into it. I loved personalities <laughs> because I learned how to change my personality to be whatever I was with, with other people. So I became a chameleon and I adapted and I changed personalities with everybody. Hmm. So it kind of continued. I was learning cool things, but I was learning how to also not be authentic at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny so if you were more results driven and more abrasive I could be abrasive if you were social I was social if you were more empathetic and touchy feely I'd pretend to be that too so I just would change so nobody really knew who I was I didn't know who I was and that's so wild and at that okay, at that time did you know that that was happening yeah, or it did, was part of my secret. Or, or so you already knew that you were like changing who you were talking to. Yeah, it was part of my secret and part of my wall that I built up. So vulnerability was not something that I was willing to do. So I only showed people what I wanted them to see. Mm. And so, you know, I became like this. Oh, Haley's like such a good leader. You know, she's great. She's great at adapting to other people. And the whole time I'm like dying inside because I'm not really who I am. But everybody assumed that I was a certain way because I would just morph and be whatever I thought people wanted me to be. So while I was becoming very successful and moving up in the company, I was like dying inside at the same time. And the whole time going back and forth with my ex-husband, hoping that, you know, I'm like, okay, I promoted. He's going to want me now. Oh my gosh, I lost 50 pounds. He's going to want me now. And each time... When he didn't want me and he kept choosing other people over me and Carter, I like dug deeper, deeper into a hole. I started doing, um, I would look in the mirror a lot nonstop. So I was obsessed with the mirror, obsessed with like, okay, are my eyebrows perfectly shaped? Am I perfectly shaped? And it was like overwhelming toxicity towards myself. <laughs> so stupid now that I look back on it, but I needed it. Well, I, yeah, at the time, and you know, it's just, it's funny because you're like not the only one that's been going through this thing. But, no. but when you're going through it, you think you're the only one that's ever thinking these thoughts or doing these things. Yeah. And, you know, like even now, like I look at myself in the, in this mirror right here and it's like, dude, look at your mustache. It's uneven. <laughs> you, you have know, the cutest mustache ever. Yeah, but it's like, thank you. But it's like just little things like that. Yeah. And then there's... Um, so, I mean, I'll, we'll talk about this a little later, but Stephanie came to your event recently, Stephanie Iliff, Yeah. And she said that what's the longest amount of time that someone can look into the mirror without saying one negative thing about themselves? Yeah. 
and people were like how unless she was like asking how long right and people were like five minutes like three minutes and she was like seven seconds yeah and that's that's so ridiculous to me but it's true yeah yeah and it's un- unless you're looking at you're walking by the mirror real quick but you know what you're i like, mean damn yeah. <laughs> and that's it <laughs> but you keep know. walking yeah so you just it's it's crazy you know and the things that we think are not that we think are not good or aren't attractive or aren't perfect to ourselves like other people like you know yeah it's so it's crazy and i think you do need other people to tell you what you don't see yeah i think so too and i mean it it kind of brings me into what happened next which was so I coached for about two years and it was really good because that's where I learned how to do most of the things that I do now with my clients is through eBay. So like I'm forever grateful to them. But two years into um, two years into it, I I got the entrepreneurial itch. I'm a millennial, so I tend to have those same tendencies of you want to do your own thing. You don't want to be bossed around or on a schedule. And so I had a previous boss reach out to me and he was running this company called Food Truck Underground and he was just like, you know, like, hey, what are you doing now? He's like, come on over, be my operations manager and you can like run this company and do all these things. And for me at the time, I was like, that is the perfect way to like get Jason to love me again. (laughs) (laughs) Is I can like go and I'll be the operations manager of this company and it's going to be great. And I felt good about it. So I left my comfy cushy seat, you know, comfy cushy job at eBay. And I went and took on this responsibility and it was like the biggest shit show I've ever, I've ever had happen to me. And it caused like an even worse spiral. So I started, I started through Chuck Underground and three months into it, all the owners got in a huge fight and all the food were, truck owners yeah the, not the food truck owners it was the food truck underground owners so oh, okay yeah so the ones who were my bosses they all got in a huge ass fight and they ended up giving me a hundred percent of the company like here you go we don't want anything to do with it here you go and so they handed it to me i was like what the what am i supposed to do with this but i was very determined very headstrong and um you know pretty smart like willing to do hard things so I took it and I did Food Truck Underground for two years as their CEO and, you know, I ran it and I created something really cool, really powerful. But the winter season hit and we are slow in the winter seasons because food trucks don't go out. People aren't going to go outside in the snow and, yeah. you know, do that. And I felt I, I became friends with a lot of the food truck owners and I felt so unaligned with charging them fees in the winter that I stopped charging them fees. And my business consultant was like, what are you doing? You're out of your mind. And he was my co-partner at the time. And he's like, we have to charge fees or we're going to go under. And I didn't care. I was just like, I don't care. Like, I don't know what we have to do. And so I started stacking up so much debt on my credit cards. And I went into major, major debt trying to keep this company afloat. And towards the winter season, when it got warmer, I went to my business partner and just said, hey, um, we need to get some investors, you know, in here. And during that time of working at Food Truck Underground, there was nobody doing, there was nobody but me. And so I did, I worked Monday through Sunday for 11 hours a day for about two years straight. 
I didn't have time for my son. He was with my grandma all the time or with my mom all the time. And I did nothing but work nonstop for two years. <laughs> and my little sister came to visit and she came in and she told me, she's like, I don't even know who you are anymore. I don't recognize you. She basically said I looked dead inside and outside. Just, I just looked dead. So after I had no more money, I knew it was time to go, but I was like, you know, financially ruined, $60,000 in debt with school. Um, but I didn't have a choice, I had to go, and I couldn't go back to eBay, right? Because that would mean I was a failure. It would mean like, oh, this fancy, so online I looked like I was successful, right? Like I was this amazing CEO running this own company, this boss babe. But the reality was, is that I, was financially ruined, emotionally ruined, heavily like medicated at the time and just dead, completely dead inside and broken and still not any step closer to getting Jason to want me. <laughs> <laughs> this real story is actually the story of me getting Jason to want me this whole time. Yeah, for real. Yeah. So it sounds like it. <laughs> Don't so, worry, honey, I want you more. <laughs> <laughs> so with Food Truck Underground, you did you give up? 100% of your, what do you call it, stock? The shares. Your share, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I just woke up one day and I knew, just at the bottom of my heart, I was like, you know what, I don't, I can't keep this up anymore. I don't have mm. any more money to give. I don't have any more energy to give. I was so broken and so I just went to my business partner. I was like, dude, I'm out. So I signed a piece of paper, signed everything over to him. And I shit you not, like, this still irritates me. And Alex, if you're listening, this was really low. He's my friend, but this was low. Um, I signed all my 100 shares over, like, 100% over. And then he came to me, like, five minutes later. He's like, hey, do you want to stay on and do the same things you've been doing, but do it for 15 an hour? I was like, are you crazy? I was like, I just gave you 100%. He's like, yeah, I found an investor now. And I'm like... And after that, I just was like, no, I'm, I'm over it. So I moved back. Um, I was, I moved in with my parents cause I was living at food truck underground. I was living in their like basement thing. Mm -hmm. And so I moved back in with my parents and I didn't really know what to do. So I started working overnights at, um, a warehouse making $12 an hour. And I was like, well, maybe I should just go back to school. Cause it, maybe if I get a degree, that'll be cool. Or that'll be like what I need to mm -hmm. be better because I was I was always searching for things outside of myself that would make me feel good instead of like turning inward I'm like okay what other degrees can I get or qualifications or like what what would make me appear cool on social media that's what I was after so and then that's kind of when the darkness hit was when I had no money I'd have to beg Jason to come buy me groceries and he would I'd be like dude Carter, I don't have groceries, so I was dependent on whoever could help me put gas in my car or help me afford groceries. And I was mm -hmm. living off my student loans because I couldn't pay my rent. That's wild. We're not even like half. Yeah. We're not, I don't even think we're halfway to where you are now. You know. Yeah, but it's, I mean, that's kind of this moments though of when I was working at the warehouse and didn't have anything and was depending on groceries that's kind of where my awakening happened though like we're finally to the moment everybody 42 like, minutes later yeah. of like where things changed for me 
Would you remember the moment when you're like, you clock in and you're like, here I am again. What am I doing? Yeah, so. Was it a Wednesday? What happened was, so, you, I mean, as I said, I've moved a lot in my life. But during the time that Carter was a baby, I think we'd moved probably about six times before he was even the age of five. Dang. So I was living in this basement apartment in Springville. Um, it wasn't a bad place. It was good, you know, for the most part, minus like having to live off loans and things. And my landlord came to me and I wasn't planning on moving. I was like, I'm just going to stay here and t- forever. You know, it's good rent and everything. But the landlord came and he's like, hey, I'm selling. So you got to find somewhere to go. And that's when I just, I just lost it. I just lost it because, and I, not on him, but I was sitting in my bedroom and I was like, I said this out loud. I'm like, I'm so sick of people taking things away from me. I'm so sick of people saying, you know, oh, you can't live here. You can't do that. You can't have this. And I'm like, why, why is this happening to me? And so I remember walking, like I was just pacing from my bedroom to the kitchen and I started praying. I'm like, God, what, what did I do to you? What did I do to you? Why do I have to live like this? Why do I not have any money? Why do I have to like fight so hard for my son to appear like he's living a normal life? And, you know, why do I have to be lonely? Why did I have to get left? Why do I only make $12 an hour? And why do I live in this shitty basement, dark apartment? It wasn't shitty, but like I was mad. So I'm like, why do I live in this piece of shit apartment that somebody's just kicking me out of now? And so in that moment, I, I just said out loud, I spoke it out loud. I'm like, if I could make $60,000 a year, this wouldn't be happening. And that's what I want to make. I want to make $60,000 a year. And I went and I started to get help. I went and saw like an energy healer who helped me. How did you get it? How did you do that? Were you like rock bottom? Somebody just was like, go look, go, go see this person. And you're like, yeah, I'll go. <laughs> Oh, you're just. Well, I I tried everything else. I tried therapy and I'd go to him and, you know, I'd go talk to the dude. And it was. How did that make you feel? Yeah, he'd be like, How how do you feel? I'm like, angry. You know? (laughs) He's like, Okay, so what are you angry about? Because my husband left me. Well, and how does that make you feel? I'm like, Oh my gosh, I I literally just said that. And so, you know, his answer was like, Let's just medicate her because she's unstable. But. It just kind of got to that same point, right, where I people were taking things away from me. I was in such a dark place. I didn't know who I was. I was so overweight, which I just couldn't stand it. I hated who I was. And I would have done anything to not feel that way. So that's when I found Dr. Brady because somebody just made the suggestion. I'm like, hey, yeah, you should go see this guy. He knows what he's doing. And I was desperate. So I went to him. And what happened during this appointment? Yeah, so I went to him, and I... Do you remember, when you made this appointment, do you remember, like, thinking, or having certain thoughts of, like, like, what were you thinking during that time? Like, maybe walking Nobody up... Nobody could know about it. Like, walking up to the building, yeah. walking, you know, in the, like, before the whole appointment, like, what, what kind of stuff were you thinking about? Lots of things. I mean, I was thinking, like, this isn't gonna work. I was thinking, it was energy healing, so I'm like, this is, like, probably devil stuff, um this isn't gonna work what am I doing this is a mistake nobody can ever know that I'm here um that was what was going through my mind and when I met him I'm like he I mean he seems normal (laughs) 
<laughs> I hope so. <laughs> you know, I didn't walk into like a crazy room. I just walked into like a normal doctor's office. I'm like, okay, no, like maybe this will be okay. Um, and then I went in there and he's like, you know, I'm Dr. Brady and I'm going to do some energy work on you a little bit and we're going to reprogram your memories. I'm like, okay, this isn't Harry Potter. You know, <laughs> can't like take my memories away. But, uh, yeah, I started working, he started working on me and within the first appointment, I cold Turkey was off my depression medication, felt disconnected from Jason, felt like for one moment, I finally felt like myself again after one appointment. How long was that appointment? So it was the intro one. So it was 60 minutes, Mm. 60 minutes. And I left his office going. I don't know what just happened to me, but I feel something. Did you tell him that or you just were like, no, thank you? I didn't tell anybody. Like, okay, so you left. Yeah. After that appointment feeling different. And then you were like, I got to go back. Yeah, I definitely, I kept going back. I kept going back. And each time that I would go and, you know, I went to him for the course of five years, ever like five years from now. And every time I'd go back, I would feel a little bit more. I was so disconnected from myself from being somebody who being somebody that everyone else wanted that I didn't know who I was and so each moment I went he would connect me back to myself Hmm. and I'd be like okay there's a little glimpse of who I am I don't know if I like her yet yeah but I feel something and it doesn't feel scary so with with these um with these appointments this isn't just like a regular checkup, you know, Dr. Brady doesn't hit your knee, it like jolts, right? It works, okay, good, you got good knees, you got good legs, yeah. nice. It wasn't anything like that, right? Right. What can, or can you share of yeah. what a little bit of what he was doing? Because I, this is, I think, probably, uh, I want to say, moment, yeah. yeah, one of the major points. Yeah. So I went into him and, you know, he's a chiropractor. So I laid down on his chiropractor table, like face up. And he asked me to hold my arm up for him. And he started like pushing against my arm. And I'm like, what the hell is this guy doing? But now I know that he was using a method known as muscle testing. And so he would muscle test and he'd be like, okay, you know, the highest priority in your body right now is you're feeling a feeling of low self-esteem. And I'm like, no shit. Wow. Like, I could have told you that. And so, at first, I was like, this guy's, like, loony. I just spent the last 10 minutes explaining to him that I'm divorced. This is the first appointment? Yeah, first appointment. I'm like, I just spent the last 10 minutes explaining to this dude that I have low self-esteem. So, obviously, he's going to pick that up. So, I was trying to, I was, like, kind of skeptical. And then, he's like, you know, so, when I say low low self-esteem, what comes up for you? And I'm like, what do you think comes up for me? I'm being like, you were saying it like that? No way. Dude, I, I cannot like see you like that. I cannot. I'm like, <laughs> like, well, what do you think is coming up for me? Cause I, and I was irritated cause I'm like, were you not listening for the last 10 minutes? I just told you you went through a divorce. He left me for another woman. Obviously I have low self-esteem. Like <laughs> I'm fat and ugly and gross. Right. Like, cause I, I was so mean to myself. And so then he starts talking to me. He's, you know, and he, this is where things get interesting. He's like, well, what if I were to tell you that your low self-esteem has nothing to do with your marriage? I'm like, then I would think you're crazy, right? Like, yeah. you're out of your mind. And then he's like, no. He's like, I'm being serious. He's like, this low self-esteem comes from around the age of, you know, being eight. And I'm like, 
does anybody remember being eight? Yeah. <laughs> like, so I'm like, I literally thought he was out of his mind. Yeah. He's like, listen, I, I understand that this is new for you. I know I get it. But if you'll, if you're willing, like close your eyes and let me show you. Right. So I closed my eyes and he like helped me relax a little bit. And then he's like, just think about being eight again. You know, think about that little girl, what it was like, what was happening, you know, and in his office, I recalled a memory where I was on the school bus at age eight, big ass unibrow and everyone knew it because (laughs) they would call me unibrow and they would tease me like, and I'm not saying like just tease like a, Hey, unibrow, like push me unibrow. And my brother was on the bus and he'd get in fights every day, like trying to defend me against these kids. And they were mean. You know, mm-hmm. like, look at that caterpillar on your forehead, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> Just mean shit. And so, anyway, so I recalled it, and he's like, this is the little girl who feels this way. And so he helped me kind of connect with her and talk to her and do some, I didn't know at the time, but helped me do some inner child work where I could talk to her, communicate to her. You know, I just told her, I'm like, these people don't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're never going to see these people again. And girl... In ninth grade, you're going to pluck those eyebrows so thin that you don't even know you have any eyebrows. But, um, and so when I came after that, you know, talking to younger me and coming out of it, and I sat up, I'm like, what the hell was that? Because it feels so real when you're in the moment, when you're like in your head doing that. And so I left his office and I'm like, okay, I don't know what that was, right? I mean, yeah. I feel good. But what I noticed is, so remember earlier how I said I was obsessed with looking in the mirror? Yeah. I noticed I stopped doing that. Mm. And that was, for me, was kind of a big deal because I'm like, wow, I, I haven't really looked in the mirror too much or like research fad diets this week. What's going on? And I realized that in his office that he truly helped me reprogram a lot of those memories. So after that first appointment and all that stuff happened, you were like, okay, I got to go back. And you kept going back. And more and more, he kept doing almost like the same uh, same process and help, helping you with your inner child. Everything, and, not just inner child, everything, teenager, things that I, weren't mine. That's wild. See? Okay. So this is where we can branch off into so many things. And... I honestly feel like I almost don't know where to take this podcast. I know where to take it. You know what if I mean? You trust me. Yes, yes. Okay, so go ahead. Well, this is now Haley's podcast, so go ahead. Yeah. Take the reins. Thanks, Chris. Um, so I kept going to him, obviously, and I want to go back to that moment where I said out loud, I want to make $60,000 because this is like where things, this is where I truly started to see like how powerful I was and what my capabilities were. So, I start. I was going to Dr. Brady simultaneously while I'm going through living in this basement, making $12 an hour, and I was putting all my appointments on a credit card. Okay, I had no, I had no money. So all of this on a credit card, getting kicked out of my house, having nowhere to go, and so I'm just like, I need to make $60,000 a year because if I had that, I could afford groceries and damn it, maybe even be able to take my kid to the movies sometime, like do something like that, and that's all I asked for. And that's all I said. And a week later, I got hired on, and I don't even know how I got this job, but I got hired on for at Wayfair as a man, as like a team leader. 
and it was for $45,000 a year. And that was the most money I've ever made in my whole life. And mm. so I'm like, this is really cool. I'm making like this amount of money. It's not 60, but I'll take it. So I worked for them for a little while. And then I, out of nowhere, I get a phone call, didn't apply for the job, but I get a call from eBay and they're like, Hey, we have, you know, a team. We want you back. Come back. Right. Yeah. With bonuses and with my salary that I was going to receive for them, it came out to exactly $60,000 a year. That's wild. It, it, yeah, you're telling me. <laughs> so I went from no money to all of a sudden I have some. And then I was like, well, let's see what else I'm capable of. So I said out loud again, I'm like, you know what? I want a place that nobody can take from me that is mine. I wasn't expecting much because, like, I lived in a ghetto apartment. So I'm like, oh, like, I'll be okay with, like, a one-bedroom condominium. I don't know what I can afford. Yeah. And I'm like, I just want a place that's mine. And I, this is when I started playing with, like, manifesting a little bit. But I didn't know at the time I could. So I said, I'm like, I want a house I, and all this stuff. And somebody called me out of nowhere and said, hey, I don't know if you're looking for a house or not, but we're, we want to sell our, our town home. It's three bedrooms, and we don't want to list it because it's too much hassle. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to sell it to you. And I'm like, I don't know. So I just went and applied for, like, a loan and was like, what can I qualify for? And I told him, I was like, I only qualified for 190 And so they sold it to me for 190 Well, then you also have, like, your, what is it, like, the, the fees and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for these things. Like, what do I do? And my realtor who's like a great family friend he he didn't tell me this but he gave up his entire commission so that i could get my house wow so i bought my town home ended up buying it for 187 three bedrooms wow so i went from i don't have anything to now i'm starting to get things mm-hmm. and then my car was breaking down and so i said out loud i'm like my car is breaking down. I've had it for over 10 years. I just want something that is going to be good in the snow, four-wheel drive. Jeep Cherokee would be nice. Like, that'd be cool. You really said that? That's what I said. And no I wanted, way. I wanted a white one. <laughs> and then, this isn't, like, great, but my uncle ended up passing away from cancer. And in his will, or my parents, like, they gave me his brand new Jeep Cherokee that he had before he passed away 18,000 miles on it completely paid off and that's what you're driving right now so I'm driving right now yeah yeah it's nice and this is these are the moments that I I started to wake up and realize I'm like okay maybe I am in control of my life maybe life isn't in control of me right so I get my job back at eBay and I'm feeling so cool I'm like ah and at this Mm -hmm. time I actually wasn't worried about Jason anymore because mm-hmm. I'd done so much energy work that I wasn't after that anymore. Now I was just after peace. I just wanted to feel peace and I wanted to feel okay with myself. And so I'm at eBay. I'm in a higher position than I was the first time. I'm really well, you know, doing well. Um, is that, is so now is this where you, where you were still going to Dr. Brady? Yeah, so actually this is this is the moment when I ventured into energy work is like kind of where we're at right now. So I went to Dr. Brady. He invited me to go to an event for him. But I just remember I was in his office and I was like, he worked on me and I said to him, I'm like, can I learn this? 
is this something that I could learn? And I said, because it's just changed my life. And I'd been going at that point. Now we're almost like three years into working with him. And I'm like, this has changed my life so much. Is this something I can learn to do? He's like, yeah, sure. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. You can learn to do this. So I asked him, I'm like, well, what would you suggest that I do? You know, what, what would I do? And so I ended up certifying in what's known as the emotion code by Dr. Bradley Nelson. And it's a form of energy healing where you use muscle testing to find like hidden and trapped emotions and you release them. So I started with that and then I hired Dr. Brady as my mentor to teach me the rest of the energy healing modalities. And this is where I started to wake up and also lose all my friends. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's sacrifice, you know? Yeah. So... As anybody knows, when you start to go out on your own healing journey and you start to actually authentically, and I mean authentically become who you're meant to be, people are going to leave. And so that's what started to happen to me. My best friend completely like stepped out of my life. I had nobody. And I'm over here trying to figure out this energy work stuff. And I'm like, am I, is this of the devil? Because I was still like trying to be LDS and stuff. Okay. And I'm like, it, it can't be because Dr. Brady's LDS and he's like the coolest, nicest guy ever. So like, it's fine, right? And so I did the emotion code. I hired him and I'm learning how to do this energy work. I'm learning how to do the same modality that he's using on me. And I think that's when I met Derek finally. How, how did you meet Derek? Because yeah. that's kind of that's super funny. Yeah. So I started doing this energy healing stuff and I lost all my friends. They, they left. I had nobody. And one day I'm sitting at work just doing my thing. And then Derek wanders up and sits at my desk and he goes, Hey there, we're going to be really good friends. And I'm like, if you don't get away from my desk, I'm going to lose it. Like you're a freaking creep wad. And I, 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 at the time, my understanding of men was that they just want to have sex with you. So I seriously thought Derek was at my desk because you wanted to have sex with me. Oh <laughs> and I'm like, I, I was so uncomfortable by him because mm. he's, if you know Derek in person, he's very, very masculine, very like confident. And at the time, I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Check out Derek's episode, by the way. Episode nine. Yeah. And so this guy comes up and he's like, we're going to be friends. And I'm like, okay. So I find out that Derek is super gifted, right? Able to, you know, see spirits, hear spirits, which at first I'm like, this dude doesn't see anything but what's in his head. (laughs) You know? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I'm like, yeah, sure, there's a spirit over there. You know? Spirit Halloween, maybe, you know? (laughs) No, for real. I'm like, this guy, and, and I at first legitimately thought that he was, like, possessed by the devil or something because I'm like... You can't see shit, man. Like, that's reserved for profits. And yeah. <laughs> you're not a prophet. Um, but I remember that we were talking one day, and he just said to me, he's like, hey, did you used to have a pit bull? And I never told him this, and there's no way that he would have known this. But he's like, because there's this, like, big pit bull that, like, follows you around like a spirit. Like, he's a spirit, and he's a pit bull, and he follows you around. And I'm like what and the what was crazy about it is that my pit bull had passed away like i don't know like a year before that so i'm like how would he have known that when he told you did you cry started bawling and i felt that spirit connection between me and the dog 
Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of weird stuff that happened after that. But so that happened. And then also I was sitting in a room with him and he's like, dude, there's like this dude here with dreads. He's got like some dreads and a beard or whatever. And my uncle passed away, the one that gave me the Jeep mm. Cherokee. And he was like in the room with us. So he's describing in detail what he looks like, and he wouldn't have known that. There was no way that he would have known about the pit bull or my uncle. Mm-hmm. So it was in that moment, I didn't fully believe him because I was still skeptical, but in that moment, I was like, possibility, more like. Yeah. It's possible that I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Derek and I started to go on this journey together, this journey of energy healing and him helping me learn how to you know meditate and how to you know be mindful and introducing me into the world of like high-end business coaches and mentors and I'm like what am I doing yeah what am I getting into you know yeah but at this time um I was having a really hard time with my belief system Mm. of is this okay for me to do energy work because like I believe very strongly in the LDS religion and I had this such internal battle with myself of what is truth what isn't true what's okay what isn't okay my relationship with God was like pretty rocky because I believed him to be such a aggressive uh take things away from you if you don't obey type of God and so I was having this internal battle of what do I do my family's against this but it feels good and I didn't know what was up or what was down. And that's when Derek introduced me to Mikel. Mm-hmm. And that's like phase three <laughs> of changing. Do you want me to keep going? Are we yeah. doing good? Yeah, you're doing great, you know, because, at, you know, there's a bunch of questions at the end, you know, if you guys heard my podcast. But this is all her story, you know. Yeah. So keep going. Like, okay. like tell your story. You're, one, <laughs> you're 100% okay. You're doing really you just, good. just like put two fingers up like to my lips, you know. You want me to stop? Oh, I thought you meant for a cigarette. Like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, so then I met Mikkel, and I went to one of her workshops, and I don't know, I just felt super drawn to her. Who is Mikkel? So Mikkel is Mikkel Rowe. She is a female entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneur coach. She helps women start businesses. So gifted, so smart, so amazing, so talented. She's like the mentor of all mentors. I love her. (laughs) Yeah. So I start working with Mikkel and she has this program. It's called, um, feminine brilliance masterclass. But I, I like met with her and I was like, listen, I'm going to be super honest with you. I don't not really interested in taking your masterclass. I just need help in one area. Mostly. I need you to help me with my belief system. Mm -hmm. And Mikkel being so intuitive, she's like, listen, I'm going to help you with that. But also I need you to take my class okay chill right and like yeah. how much are you and yeah what you cost and when she quoted me over you know five thousand dollars i was like about shit my pants because i'm like what the you you want me to pay you five thousand with what like yeah. monopoly money? <laughs> yeah for real <laughs> you know? so i just knew in my heart i'm like i have to hire this woman i don't know why and on the first appointment i met with her and i started hysterically crying and i was like i don't know what to do because my belief system is so bad. And I said, this feels so right, but I am told that it's so wrong. And what do I do? Mm -hmm. And she explained truth so clear to me in that moment and I stick to it to this day and I train all of my clients in the same way. She just said, truth feels good. 
it feels light. So if something feels like that, it means that it's your truth and it's right. And if something feels heavy, it means either it's a no or a maybe. And you're okay to set it aside. So in that moment, I got off the call with her and I just declared out loud. I'm like, I'm no longer LDS. I'm no longer an energy healing. I'm no, or an energy healer. I'm no longer anything. I'm starting over and I'm re-choosing what I believe in. And I wiped the slate completely clean off the call with her. I gave myself full permission to surrender any and all beliefs that I had, even if I thought they were true. And I just started myself on a mission to reinvestigate what truth felt like. So you were, op- like, yeah, so you were cleaning the slate and you were, like, opening your mind to whatever options and looking at it from every yeah. angle. And that's when doors started to open for me and when I started to learn a ton of new things. And, you know, I, I know that I keep talking about other men on this relationship, babe. But uh, I know for they're real. important, right? <laughs> they are important. So during this time as well, I so I told you guys I was no longer chasing after my ex-husband anymore, which was like an eight-year chase that I didn't win, by the way. Um, and I just kind of shut myself down to relationships. I was just really closed down. Um, but this is important because this is what led me to meet Chris, who is my now amazing partner. Um, I didn't tell I, her to say that. <laughs> he has a sign that he's holding up and he's like saying, say this, pointing to it. Um, but I had somebody really random come into my life, which I asked for. So I said out loud again. So if anybody's listening, words have power. <laughs> I said out loud. I said, I just want to meet a dude who I can hang out with, have fun with, no commitments know anything we're just gonna hang out cuddle and that's it and that same person walked into my life a week later (laughs) and I was and it's not Chris and so I got exactly what I asked for I had this person come in yes and uh really grateful to this person and the reason that I'm bringing him up is because he along with you know exploring my belief patterns and becoming who I was again he helped waken up my heart again, like open my heart and be like, okay, I think love is possible. It's possible to find love or to feel love or to connect with somebody on an intimate level and have it not just be about me performing or me having to pretend to be somebody I'm not. And so this is all simultaneously happening while I'm working with Mikel. I start learning about relationships. I start learning about like how to talk to somebody, how to treat somebody, how to become a queen, um, how to act like a queen in a relationship. I start learning about like who the heck I am and who I want to be. And I start learning about like money and about the energy behind money. And I'm just learning all these things. Obviously it doesn't work out with that guy, which is an inside joke with me and Chris. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we we broke up and two months later after I had gone through all of these changes of becoming a different person, Chris walks into my life. And so now I have a house that nobody can take away from me. I have a career where I'm making like more money than I've ever made in my life. I have a brand new car. I have this amazing mentor. I'm learning so much about myself and now I have love 
all because I started going to this weird energy healer five years <laughs> earlier and he told me that some I have low self-esteem and it just kind of continues from here all right so now so that's I guess almost to where uh where where, where you're at right now it, it kind of leads up to it but yeah two years I, earlier yeah and I want to touch up on the um how does somebody uh, I guess everybody's different but how does somebody finally get into spirituality or energy healing or something like that because it sounds like for you that it was you're at the lowest of the low and by that time you will do anything like and at that time it was the energy healing like you know what I'll just I'm open to it like because it is what it is yeah but so how would you say that how how do you get into that like if somebody mentions it, do you like judge it or do you just whatever happens, happens? Well, I think like the important thing here to know is that we are all going to take the journey in a different way. And there's some people who will never get into energy healing and they're right where they need to be on their journey. And maybe they have found healing or peace through their religion or maybe somebody has found healing and peace in service, you know, like humanitarian mm-hmm. projects and things of that nature. And there's so many different degrees of energy healing. There's Reiki. There's um, what I do. There is, you know, chakra work. There's meditation, mindfulness. There's so many pathways. So honestly and truthfully, my belief is that there's actually not one way. Mm-hmm. There's many ways. And the way that is right for you will open up to you and present itself when you are ready to receive it. I was going to say that like you sometimes you hear so many things and you hear them but you don't hear them and yeah. you're not going to hear it until you're ready to hear it. And like a, a lot of people like me me and Sebastian talk a lot about um like Gary V and like we were just like dude he just repeats the same stuff over and over. But then like maybe he will say it a different way. And then that's when you're like, you're ready to hear it. And you'll be like, oh, my God, I need to stop watching Netflix. That's what it is. That's all he said. Just stop watching Netflix. Oh, my God, I got it. You know what I mean? But that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's just one example of whatever, you know, like I, I remember, I remember like so I personally. And so it's so interesting because me and Haley talked about this, like at the, at the beginning of our relationship that uh, since Haley, Haley does believe in God, but I don't. And then I had actually yeah, had, <laughs> I, I actually had a, uh, a talk with my whole family, like my grandma, my dad, my uncle, my brother, like they were all like, think of a dinner table and I was at the top of the table or on one side of the table, I'm going to say top and everyone was around the table, just looking at me and like giving me their perspective of like God and like why I should believe and I was like, dude, I don't know. Like, I just don't, you know, and I'll just listing all these things. And and then my dad was like, you know, one of these days, something's going to happen where you where you're going to believe. And I was like, honestly, probably. Then he met me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, maybe like if it happens, it happens. Like, but right now I just know that I don't. And, and I think that's how it happens. Right. Like. Something is going to happen for you to believe in God and in 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 spirituality and energy healing or whatever it is that you're not ready to accept or to hear. And 
that to me is like just so freaking wild. Just there's yeah. all these things in the world that we see or we don't see and believe and don't believe in these belief systems that we have, but we're not ready to change them until we're ready to change them. That's just it just blows my mind. Every I just I just can't I don't know like I just get so like flustered get, like, and like messed up over it, don't you? Yeah, because like we're all literally like the same person, almost. Yeah, you know, like we're all we all have like skin noses eyes we're all made up of these same things but for some reason we hold different beliefs we hold different uh like habits and like we have all these thoughts that we think that we are these thoughts but we're not these thoughts and it's just so crazy to me how we're all just different in one body that we all have so it's just ridiculous to me and it's just we're all funny I just think humans are funny. <laughs> I'm the funniest. Oh, nope, nope. But uh, <laughs> anyways, so everyone's path, everyone's journey is different. Yeah. Okay. So right now, what is the thing that you are doing? So you, are you an energy healer or like how, or how did you even get certified? Yeah. Right? So I got certified in the emotion code. I worked with Dr. Mm. Brady, taught me how to do uh, belief reprogramming, which I know is so fancy worked with Mikkel and that's when I was that's when I started to be like okay I can design my life to be whatever it's going to be and so I started my company which is Ella Life and the whole purpose behind it like I love elephants so Ella is short for elephant and elephants are so wise and so strong and they're in this pack and they're you know and I I just was like I I would love to just be an elephant right like they're Mm -hmm. so sure of themselves and you know so confident and this that's when I started to really design everything right. So I started to work with clients. And you actually don't have to really be certified to do energy healing because there's so many options. But um, it was less about that and more about I was so desperate to create a life that I wanted. Yes. I didn't want to be, you know, clocking in from 9 to 5. I wanted to help other people. Because it made me feel... When I was helping other people, it made me feel the most like myself. And it made mm. me feel the most connected to the divine, to the to, to spirit, whatever you believe it to be, my higher self. In those moments when I was helping client, the clarity that I received was so strong that I, ch- I that's what I started chasing. Is that clarity within myself. And so, you know, it started off as... I just help clients. I help the lowest of the low. I find the people who are in the basement making $12 an hour thinking like, why does life happen to me? And those were the people I started working with first and it was great. But then as I grew, I wanted to make more of an impact. And so now current state, two years later after starting my business, now what I am is I teach other people how to be energy healers. So I teach Mm -hmm. them how to do five modalities. I teach people how to do muscle testing. I teach people how to combine, how to like find emotions that are trapped in people. I teach people how to do root cause analysis coaching, which is just asking powerful questions to understand what the heck's going on. (laughs) And then I teach belief reprogramming. And that part is the visualization aspects, the part where you go back in time and you literally reframe your mind. And then I teach people a lot about um, how to manage spirits and entities, which is like a whole other 10 podcasts that we could go into. But that's what I do now. I'm a teacher. I'm a mentor. And I've designed the Healing Intuitive, which teaches that. 
Yeah, and we just got back from uh, last weekend, actually, huh? Yeah. From uh, from your event. Yeah. From your first cool. event. Yeah, and it was really cool. There was like a lot of uh, Dr. Brady was there. Yeah. Derek was there, and uh, Stephanie Iliff was yeah. uh, speaking at it, and it was really cool. Everyone's different perspectives and different like gifts. Yeah. That's the craziest thing, and like it, a lot of people saw some stuff, and it was just really good. It was really good, a really good experience, I think. A lot of people. Yeah, it's cool. And, but um, we're going to keep going. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. So a lot of people might uh, not know exactly what it means to or understand completely what you're doing. But can you take me or walk me through a little session without actually doing the session? Yeah. Okay. So Haley has done a couple sessions on me. And uh, every time I don't want to do it. I'll be honest, I don't want to do it and because I have to face things that I don't want to face, right? And basically what happens is if you listen to the last podcast episode uh, with Brittany, uh, we talked about how uh, you you grow up in your different beliefs and you, you start to believe those beliefs, you know, and how in, how I told the story of, of, a, of a boy, uh, I forgot what we called him, Kevin, I think it was, that we said that their mom told them that they could not do anything right. And so that little moment, that kid, Kevin, is not going is going to grow up believing that he cannot do anything right. And that affects him in the long run. And you might not even know it, that it might be that that is affecting you. And so what Haley, and tell me if I'm wrong, will t- uh, help you to go back in time I'm putting like using quotations because we can't physically go back in time, but mentally we go back in time and talk to that child and tell them whatever you want to tell them, right? To change that moment or to change uh, that belief, right? So can you walk me through a quick session or what what kind of questions uh, you would ask in a session? Yeah, for sure. So... Typically, what would happen is somebody would come to me like Chris, and they'd just, you know, they'd say something like, you know, I'm feeling off, or not feeling like myself, or I really want to start a business, but I am have so many blocks, or I'm having trouble in my relationship. I mean, you name it, right? We all have problems. I'm, I'm feeling lots of anxiety or depression, and I'm not sure why, right? And, and, so. and yeah, didn't, didn't your sister actually go to Dr. Brady because she actually had, like, back pain? Yeah, chronic back pain. But she thought it was physical, but it was all yeah, mental. Yeah, just all on her head. Yeah, and I, all on your head. I, Chris, actually break out in my neck, and I start That's itching and scratching, and it gets red. So if you if you see me with a red neck, then it's like... It's so I have some emotional stuff. Yeah, some emotional stuff that I need to get through. So, sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. So if Chris were to come to me right now, right, and he'd be like, Haley, I'm feeling off. I don't, you know, quite know what's going on, or, you know, I'm having a difficult day. Can you help walk me through it? So the first thing that I would do with Chris is I would tune into him and be like, okay, what is his highest block right now? Like, what is preventing him from moving forward? And I did muscle test this while he was talking. So what I is know, that? What is that? Can you say? Can you ex- yeah, explain? Yeah. So muscle testing is just a listening tool, and what it tests for is I can test on somebody's body and find like truth. I don't. I mean, it's hard to explain. I can find truth and untruth within a body. Mm-hmm. So if I were to get Chris's permission and say, you know, can I muscle test for you? And I asked, does he have a trapped emotion? 
I would get a yes like he is and it's a whole process but you can YouTube it or reach out to me and I'll teach you so for muscle testing for him his highest block right now is is a feeling of feeling unsupported this is real time right now this is real time this is what I'm feeling what yeah. subconsciously yeah so, so he's just not so aware. you guys know so yeah because it's like how am I gonna know that right yeah so I bring it up to him I'm like hey you know, your biggest block right now is a feeling of being unsupported. So the first thing I'd ask him is like, what's currently going on right now that makes you feel like you're being unsupported? Oh, you're really asking me? Yeah. Oh, uh, being unsupported. You know, I'm honestly not quite sure. I mean, we had because a situation today. Today? We had a situation today? Yeah, we're down in St. George. We uh, went to your event. That didn't work out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so anyways, right now we're actually recording in St. George, <laughs> Utah, in a hotel room. So we're down here because uh, for my clothing brand, right? Six Lines Clothing. Um, make sure you follow it and check out the website. But, uh, <laughs> this is my podcast. I know, I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is, this is Haley's <laughs> podcast. I did say that, huh? Um, so we're down here for this event. Uh sponsoring uh two two of my uh brand ambassadors Trissy and uh ray were competing down in this uh in this thing and i was going to sponsor them and everything so i set up a booth first day yesterday went really well i guess really well there's a lot of things this is the first time i actually set up a booth at an event so I, there's a lot of things i needed to work on anyways um going into today the second day show up and the main lady was like, hey, you can't set anything up because you're not on the list. And I was like, what do you mean I'm not on the list? Because I paid to be on the list. And so long story short, I was not able to set anything up the way that we wanted to set up because Haley was coming to help me. And I did feel a lot of support from you. So I really do appreciate it. But and but it just didn't happen. Yeah. And it was like, I almost felt that it was almost a waste of money, time, effort, energy. And it was just like almost, I came for, for no reason. Yes, I did come to support Tristy and Ray, but I also, you know, this is a big moment for me. Like, this is like the first time I had a booth and to show all these things. And I could, we went we were up till one o'clock in the morning trying to make some signs and like come up with ideas and basically and it just sucked and and Haley took a picture of me and I said hey will you take a picture of me because I want to remember that this sucks and that, that's how I am right I just want to document my story and because right now it's not it doesn't seem that good which it is good because I'm alive but at the same time like it's not where I want it to be and I just want to remember how it feels right now I want to remember the shitty times. Yeah. And so, anyways, is that, that triggered uh, you? Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, dude, I just feel like nothing is working out, and it's just really upsetting. Yeah. So that's how this happens, right? Is so something current will always trigger something within your body that actually needs to be addressed. So for Chris, you know, while he felt supported for me, that was great. He's not receiving the support that he's looking for in his business, and he put forth. A ton of effort to show up down here today and put up this booth and then this lady was kind of crabby by the way um saying he can't do something and yeah so it's like a waste of time of unsupporting your business by i paid my fees i did all this i'm feeling this way 
Yeah. So I always like to explore what currently is happening because I want to know why he's being triggered. And so then I find out, well, when was when was like a really impactful moment that's similar to this where Chris also felt unsupported? And when I tuned into him, it's around the age of 14. Oh my gosh, because I already I was already thinking of this exact same scenario. Okay, so I would tell him, I'd say, hey, I don't remember how old I was. 14 is triggering this. And then I would say, can you think of anything? Or I would help him recall the memory. So what is it? I don't remember if, if, if I was 14, but I was playing, uh, I was playing soccer on my soccer team and I felt we were playing like a really good team and not to discredit any of my teammates from fusion, but you guys are awesome. Like I still talk to you guys, but I felt very unsupported because I felt like I had to do everything. Like, I'm not trying to like toot my own horn, but I was like the best one on the team. And I felt like I had to do everything. I had to take the ball, I had to shoot the ball, pass the ball. Like, I can't pass to myself, you know? So, and I was like, dude, this is so irritating that I remember that my dad was the coach at the time. And we were playing, and like, they would score a goal, we would score a goal, they would score a goal, we would score a goal. I think we ended up winning 4 3, I think it was. But it was just so annoying because I felt like I had to do everything. And I got so irritated and annoyed that I told my dad on the sideline, I was like, I, you know, gave him the hand signal to take me out. And I remember he subbed me off. And then I walked off and I was like, this is so stupid. I took off my headband because I had a shag back in the day. Let's go. And I threw my headband and I kicked like what, whosoever bag was on the floor. And I was like, this is so stupid. I have to do everything myself. And my dad was like talking to me. He's like, Chris, like. You're like a leader to the team and you just went off of the field. Like, do you not realize like how that looks? And at the time I was like, I don't care. I don't care. I have to do everything. And while we, we were, I was out, we scored a goal. And I felt better because I was like, I don't have to do everything. And I was like, finally, like, you know, getting mad at my team. It's like, finally, like, ah, do something, you know? Anyways... I and then I think I went back on and I don't know what happened but we yeah like I said we ended up winning that game but I've actually had that I've had I've been I'm not thinking about it but that recently came up and I was like I can't believe I still did that like that moment of just abandoning my team and I've always wanted to apologize to my teammates <laughs> but I'm sure like I don't think they would remember but it, yeah I was so frustrated and it's tough, man. Like, I feel like I always, I still feel like I always have to do everything myself. I don't like to ask for help. I don't like to bother people. If you guys take the um, the five languages of love test, I'll put that in the, in the show notes. Make sure you take that. Uh, my first language is, uh, what was it? Gift. Gifts. Uh, oh yeah uh, no acts of kindness yeah and it's because I don't want to bother people into doing things for me and if people do things for me without me asking like if Haley gets me a gift or Haley does something like just uh, with the initiative then it makes me feel really good and I appreciate that because I don't want to have to ask people to do things for me because it's like hey will you help me and maybe they don't want to do it you know so I feel like almost guilty asking for help but that's one of my languages. That's the first language for me. So it's really interesting and funny. 
So, Haley, with that being, <laughs> I, th- I think. It is. It, it I, is. It actually is. And um, so now the next process in a session, right, is he's just recalled a moment in time where he was a young, a young boy, you know, teenager who felt like he had to do everything. And, you know, he had a moment of abandoning his team. And I know Chris really well, so it's not really fair, right? Like, I obviously know him. But Chris has a habit or a behavior of any time things get irritating or frustrating to him, he abandons. Oh, yeah. Today, today we were pulled up at the event. And before anything happened, before we met with that, talked to that lady, what did I say? I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Because it's like out of my comfort zone. I have to talk to people. Even yesterday, I was so nervous. You know, like, I'm super talkative on the podcast, but at the same yeah. time, like, I get nervous, you know, like, it's important to me how they view me, you know, like, because I, I don't think I'm enough. I don't think I'm worthy of doing this, yeah. you know, so it's just a whole bunch of things wrapped into one thing. But that's what I said. I was driving, right? I pulled over or parked in the spot and I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, yeah. And then Haley was like, well, I'll support you, whatever you want to do. And then I was like, she's like, why don't you want to do it? And I said because I don't want to and she's like okay we have to do it and so yeah. and so yeah we started getting every, everything out and then that whole thing happened but I think this is like the important part for everybody to know so we all have behaviors and I'm kind of explaining as we go along but we have behaviors that prevent us from being our best self so if I'm using Chris as an example right now his behavior that he is demonstrating is that he abandons situations and I know for a fact he does this because sometimes even when our relationship gets hard, he will abandon, he'll bounce for not not like a, for a long time, but his first instinct is to go or leave hmm. every single time. And so what happens with this behavior of abandonment? Well, if things get too hard for him, he shuts down. So how is that going to impact your life, Chris, if every time things get hard or you feel like, oh, I have to do everything by myself and you shut down, how's that going to serve you? Not good at all because even recently, I'm not going to lie, I, got to, I didn't even tell you this. This is, this is live, all right? But uh, I actually was like, dude, I don't even know if I should do like my brand anymore. Like it's just hard. And I was literally thinking it, and I was like, dude, I should just do, like, the video thing. I want to do videos, you know, get a camera, yeah. yada, yada, yada. And I was like, I think I'd be better at that. Like, almost, like, justifying why it's okay to not do the brand anymore. And, yeah, I th- and then I gave it a day. And then I, f- I felt more comfortable with the idea of, like, just, you know, just yeah. keep going, dude. Like, you know, it's it's okay. And that's where we're at right now so it's hard it is hard and and it's a block yeah. for him it's a block and it prevents him from moving forward whenever he needs to do something important and so you know clients will meet with me right and this is what we're trying to find is these blocks that prevent somebody from or these behaviors that prevent somebody from doing what they're supposed to be doing so i'm actually gonna have chris close his eyes for just a second for me and so i have him close their eyes and you know we're we set the intention for him to connect to younger him. And in that memory, he's, you know, I, I want to make it feel real to him and be like, okay, so imagine yourself back on that soccer field for a moment. You're getting frustrated because you feel like you're having to do everything for your team and you have nobody to depend on and you're kind of by yourself. And in the moment when it got too hard, you asked to be pulled out of the game 
and you're off on the sidelines and instead of standing by your team, standing as a leader, you choose to walk off, you take off your headband. And in that moment, I wanna know what, not him today, right? Cause he's logical now, but I wanna know what 14 year old you felt in that moment? What were some feelings, put some names to it? Yeah, I felt tired emotionally and physically. I felt um, abandoned and I felt almost like a show because I felt like when I, when I feel, when I say that I have to do everything myself, I feel that people are just watching me. Like you ever seen that movie Gladiator and everyone's like in the, in the Coliseum, like watching the fight. That's how I feel. Like everyone is in the, in the stands and I'm in, in the Coliseum by myself just running around or doing whatever I'm doing. And everyone's just watching me. And so that's why I feel like like abandoned. Like everyone's just leaving me like that. And it's like, what am I doing? Yeah. And so, yeah, I felt mad, frustrated, tired, exhausted. Like almost to a point like I want to cry, but I don't. Because, yeah. you know, at the time it's like crying is not going to help me get through what I'm feeling because I need to do something and crying is not going to help me right now. So that's just what I felt. Yeah. And the important aspect. So now like we have the feelings, right? We're reliving that moment. And so he's already stated what his belief is. He believes that he has to do everything by himself. And the moment where he developed that belief, that first time that habit or that belief about himself was conceptualized was during this this soccer game. And that's the crazy thing about beliefs is we think like, you know, like me, where I was like, oh yeah, I have low self-esteem because I went through a divorce. No, I had low self-esteem because there was an eight-year-old version of me who got teased on a school bus. And so for Chris, you know, he probably wasn't aware until this moment that his belief of I have to do everything by myself, he probably didn't know what happened right then. I mean, did you? Did you just know that? No, like when that's going, I don't know what's going on. Uh, or like I don't see the bigger picture. I just see my situation. Yeah. So then what I would do with him, and we're not going to do it here because we don't have time. But the next thing I would do is now that we know that he has all these feelings and he believes all these things about himself, I would take him back in a visualization exercise where he talks to younger him on the soccer field and talks to him about, hey, you really don't have to do everything by yourself because he even said his team ended up scoring a goal. So that's like, logically, he doesn't have to do things by himself. And what will that do for him now as an adult? Well, and hopefully it will reprogram itself and allow Chris to stop the behavior of number one, abandoning when it gets too hard. And number two, give him more permission to ask for help when he needs it. Yeah. And once you go through that session, right, it's all energetic and it reprograms, you completely become a different person after going through a session like this. Yeah. And it feels 100% different. Like you, you're right. You're, you're closing your eyes. You're, you have your eyes closed through this thing and you open them and it's like, like, whoa, what the heck? Like, Cause, cause you don't know. And one of the biggest powers of doing personal work is about awareness. And so if you, if you're somebody who attracts crappy relationships all the time you're like why do I keep attracting the same person who treats on me or treats me like shit well I'm here to tell you today that it's probably because of 
childhood beliefs or blocks Mm. 100% of the time. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's, you know, the same thing with, you know, why aren't I getting the career that I want? Why am I too afraid to start a business? Why aren't I losing weight? Why am I, like, not enough? These are the things that prevent us from moving forward, and that's the power in what I do and what I teach is helping people identify those beliefs, reprogram them so that they can change it and be somebody different. Isn't that what we want to be? We want to be our best selves, but we don't know how. I think, yeah. But I think a lot of us don't know that that's what we want. Yeah, most of us don't know. We just know that we wake up with depression every day and we don't know why. Well, depression, you don't really have depression. I mean, you do, but what I'm trying to say is like depression is a is a symptom to something deeper going on. Emotions and feelings like anxiety and anger, they're teachers and they're teaching you, hey, you have something inside of you that needs to be addressed, so address it. If you want. If you want to, if you want to feel better, unless you want to stay in bed, like that's your choice. But yeah, you know, like I said, I every time Haley does a session on me, I don't want to do it because well, it's hard. It's I have to yeah, talk about things fun. that I don't want to talk about. Like I'll probably end up crying. I don't like to cry, but it happens. It just it's a it's you know, literally facing yourself, and it's the coolest slash hardest thing, most annoying thing, because I'm going to throw that word in there, because it is annoying to me, at least. You love it. <laughs> but that's, it's, so that's a whole session. Yeah, and then there's other things that I do, too. It just depends on what people need. Um, You know, I, I'm able to help people make decisions by tuning into, like, decisions and knowing, okay, which one's the right one, which one's not the right one. Um, but really, I mean, honestly, my passion is teaching with helping people learn how to do this by themselves. You know, like it's great to come to me, but I'd rather teach you the tools that you need to work on yourself to like be mindful of yourself. So my passion is teaching others to do this work mm. for themselves and their loved ones. And that's that's what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. So you barely launched your your healing intuitive. And this is your first one. Yep, yep, my first launch, I launched it in August, and it goes until December, and I have, um, I keep it very, very small, it's by application only, but I accepted six people into this, uh, uh-huh. this round, and so these six women have learned how to basically become practitioners of this work, so they'll be able to work on clients and do the same work that I do. Okay, and... It's really cool. I, I I met them all at the you know. I they're the amazing. Event. Yeah, they're all they're all different. They all have their story, and it's, it's it's pretty crazy. But is this healing intuitive thing? You're only you're gonna be launching it a certain amount of times through the year, or just just only one time? So it'll I'll launch it two times per year, and again, it's by application only. And I also have other ways like people can work with me one on one. But the healing intuitive itself will only be two times a year. Yeah, and you you should yeah follow Haley because she that's where she's at on social media. She posts it on there, um, and I want to ask you like what what do you have going on right now? Yeah, so I have the Healing Intuitive. The next launch will be in January of twenty twenty one. Is going to be when enrollment opens. And that's like a like a women. No, it's class it's anyone. Any, any anybody who any wants gender? to learn how to be an energy healer and learn how to do a session on somebody, and I offer free discovery calls. Um, for people interested in that to show them what a session is like. Um, 
so I have that going on and then I also have a six six week one-on-one -on -one mentorship that people can work with me as well I like the six weeks because if you're new to getting a mentor, it's not that long of a commitment. It's not as scary, but then you can mm. also uh, like extend it if you want. And when is, when is that? Right now. Yeah, I'm... Right now, right now? I'm taking the early bird special right now, but the main launch of that will be November 1st through November 31st. Awesome. So reach out because it's not... I don't think she's posted about it. You did post about it. Yeah, briefly, briefly. And yeah. I've already, I already have like four people who... Are so it, there, so, so it's going to start or the launch is on November 1st? So I'm doing pre-sale like early bird right now. And then on November 1st, I'll like actually be like, okay, I'm ready to take clients like okay. right now. But if you sign up early, I give you a deal. Okay. That makes sense. All right. All right. And then I just have a couple more questions for you. Yeah, I love but, them. But this is really cool. Like I, your story is really, really good. And I'm not saying that because she's my partner, but... All these people that are on this podcast, they're on here for a reason. And if you guys connected to any one of them, you know, please share them because there's somebody out there that needs to hear one of these stories. And um, it's just, it's, it's everyone's story is amazing. It's pretty crazy. And Haley, I do appreciate you in real life. Well, yeah, obviously. What the heck? I just, do appreciate you. Just on you. the podcast. Just on the podcast. That's it. But <laughs> um, I want to ask you, what do you want to accomplish? Well, the main thing that I wanted to accomplish is I wanted to quit my nine to five and start my own thing. I just put in my notice. And so yes. as of December 11th, I will have accomplished that. And then, uh, I mean, that was the biggest accomplishment I wanted. And then aside from that, I just want to be happy, honestly. That's, that could be the biggest accomplishment ever is I want to be happy and I want to live a life that I design and not have to worry or you know do what other people want me to do yeah i just want to live my life i like that me too can i put that in there me too partners <laughs> would your younger self be proud of you or surprised with where you are at and why honestly i think my younger self would be shocked because she lived in a world that was full of guilt and shame in a world full of being told what to do what she can't do so I think that she would be very surprised to see that we get to design our lives. And that's honestly what I think she'd think. Like, what the heck? <laughs> you could just ask for a car and it gets delivered. <laughs> Tesla, Tesla, Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> paid for, paid for, free. All right, and I have one more question. But if you haven't followed Haley, please follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and I don't know where else. Yeah, Facebook, Instagram, and then my website is just llifeutah.com. Yeah, and I'll have all those again linked in the in the notes. Uh, one last question, and it is, what advice would you give to others? <sighs> That's a loaded question. I think number one is give yourself some grace to know that everybody is at a different place on their journey, that we're meant to be on our journey at a different place and that however you choose to take your journey does not have to look like everyone else's because the worst thing that you could do for yourself is live life in the boundaries of what other people are creating for you. There are so many different options and choices to heal yourself. It doesn't have to be energy healing. It could be religion. It could be mindfulness. It could be anything, but you need to give yourself full permission to choose what that looks like. Um, 
and then that leads you into authenticity into self-love into becoming who you are and stepping into your passions like if you want to live a life that you're happy with that's what it is it's just grace and allowing yourself to go on the journey the way you want to go on it you heard it here first second like, third i'm like the 10th like, person to say it no, yeah <laughs> oh man it's i think that was really good the everything that you said i really liked it and like again i can't like iterate how much iterate iterate, iterate. iterate. yeah <laughs> i can't say how much like Haley has helped me through my own journey and um i really do appreciate you and i love you honey and, <laughs> there's like a lot i want to say but um, say it it's recorded I'm just I, I know huh just he, he use it for later yeah <laughs> but, remember when you said this about yeah. me yeah <laughs> but I do appreciate you and if you haven't followed her follow her follow her and uh, look out for her one-on-one reach out right now or wait till November 1st but I would say not wait and reach out right now but uh all I right I love to talk to everyone she does <laughs> but uh Haley thank you so much for being on the podcast I really do appreciate you And uh, remember, everybody, if somebody else can do it, so can you.